do you remember the first time you ever did something that was like crazy in comparison to all the other things you've done? So for some people, it might be getting a new haircut or wearing a, a different outfit or singing in public or speaking in public or anything that was out of the norm for you. And do you remember having to talk yourself up and talk yourself into it somehow? I do. I do. <laughs> in fact, now I'm just remembering right now one of the the first times that I made a decision to put myself out there. It was for eighth grade graduation. I went to Montgomery Wards, which is a store that I don't I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore anywhere. But Montgomery Wards was a store at the mall. And I went there with my mom to buy a dress for eighth grade graduation. And um I found this dress and it was very it was form fitting. It wasn't like anything scandalous. It was just it was form fitting. <laughs> That's it. Nothing crazy. And in the store, I was like, wow, this looks really good. Because it did. It looked really good. So I got the dress and I was excited about it. And then come the day of my eighth grade graduation, I wore that dress. And it occurred to me as I was getting out of the car that this dress is form-fitting. People are going to have an idea of uh, if I have a waistline or not. And that was, that was the only thing <laughs> I was really concerned about because it's eighth grade. I don't know what else to be concerned about. I wore that dress. I did not get any negative reviews. In fact, I got I got pretty nice reviews from most of my friends in eighth grade, in eighth grade. But I remember feeling so self-conscious. I had my arms wrapped around my waist the whole time. And as soon as I was actually at the school, that's when I realized that I had decided to wear nude pantyhose that were not quite the same color as my legs. So it was very clear that I was wearing pantyhose and I wore them together with my signature flip-flops. And so to think that I got good reviews was was uh, quite generous on the part of my friends. And I'm thinking specifically of my friend Ellie. Thank you, Ellie, for being so, so generous <laughs> during those eighth grade awkward years. Anywho, I, I did love that dress. I kept it for a long time, but that dress gave me anxiety every single time I put it on because I just felt exposed. And then I got to the point where I had this really big jean jacket and I, I just wore the jean jacket with the dress so I could still enjoy the dress without being exposed. Such a weird thing. But I'm thinking nowadays, the, like, where, why did that come to mind? It's because I found my journal this morning. And in my journal, I had set all these goals last year that required me to re-engage with humanity. And the thing is, there was so much going on in my life, maybe about six years ago, that I just dropped out of humanity. I got to the point where the only thing I would do was work all day and then come home and be a mom and then wake up the next day and work and then come back and be a mom. And that was it. Now, you would think that if I'm going to work every day, I'm engaging with humans. I was not. I went to work and I drove a truck and I stayed in my truck and I didn't talk to people if I didn't have to. In fact, I used to get in trouble all the time for missing calls. Like if my if my boss would call me, I'd miss it because I just I just figured I was just out there working and I didn't need to listen closely for the phone. So I didn't listen for the phone, so I missed those calls. 6 years of not being engaged with humanity. And and it was good. It was cathartic. It was what I needed. I needed to kind of regroup, kind of expand my learning. But then 
I set these goals last year. And I didn't set these goals thinking, oh, it's time for me to re-engage and start communicating. I just decided it was time to do something different. And now looking back, I realize that how cut off I had, I had made my life. But also how scary it can be to do something that feels like you are exposing who you are, right? I have a new friend, and her name is Becca Hayes. She's a radio host at Rock 106.7. She has her own podcast called The Good Girl. Girl is spelled G-U-R-L, and you can find that on iHeartRadio or whatever platform you find your podcasts. She's on YouTube. She does makeup tutorials. She does all kinds of things. And Becca told me, that she's never been afraid to put herself out there. And I, I wondered about that because that wasn't a conversation we had recently. That was a conversation we had a few months back where she said, I've never been afraid to put myself out there. I just, I just do it. And I wondered what it was about her that made that exposure of who you really are so easy or not really easy, but doable. Because I think it's scary for a lot of people. Think about some of the goals you might have had. I know a lot of people who have wanted to start a podcast or who've wanted to start a blog or who've wanted to do anything. I know bodybuilders who have to put themselves out there for other people's judgments. How do you, how do you prepare yourself mentally to go out there and to hear what other people have to say about what you've done, about your creations? How do you do it? Because sometimes that fear of somebody else's opinion can be so crippling. Well, in my conversation with Becca, it might not actually ever come out in the exact words, but what I learned was the spirit of generosity that Becca keeps with her is a big part of why she is fearless. She's already cultivated a life where she is willing to give without any expectation of returns, but that also works in the world of being a creative. When you create and your expectation is not necessarily to get these rave reviews, but really to put out in the world something that you've done for the sake of you doing it, but also for the sake of, of anybody that you might help, it gives you the courage to put aside the critics. And the biggest critic will always be yourself. It'll give you the courage to say, hey, I'm doing this to help somebody else doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't matter if everybody likes it or not. I am doing this to help someone else. So let me just tell you again, spirit of generosity, that is the key to so much in this life. Enjoy our conversation. So yeah, we're both boy mom, right? You only have two boys. Yeah. I met them. My giants. Okay. So now I'm listening. Okay. So, I mean, I'm originally from Oregon, so I was born and raised on a ranch. And. Yes. I like the story of your dog. (laughs) You listen, you heard the podcast. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so my dad raised me, uh, my mom. um, I mean, we have, you know, we have a relationship now, but it was, it was harder because she left when I was five. So I think that's why I'm tougher than the average girl, I want to say, is because I was raised by a man. Okay. Real quick. Uh Uh-huh. Explain to me how it works out that your dad keeps all of you and your mom does not. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, I really don't know the the hundred like the the golden answer to that, but um, I think my mom just, you know, I think she got to a point 
where she had enough and I think she you know I'm trying to to understand her side of it as best I can and I think she just kind of was like I can't do it anymore uh, she had five kids with my dad mm -hmm. they were married for 20 years and I think my you know my dad's not a peach either like they both have really great qualities about them but you know I think he was very controlling um, you know I've heard stories but I think that's what it kind of is like she just couldn't do it anymore and she kind of just snapped and was like I'm done I can't um, and my dad was a very powerful man in what way like he, he just the personality he has is like very intimidating um, like basically you're not gonna win you know and that's intimidating yes. by you know it's exhausting mom, it's you exhausting. know you can't win and my mom's a very emotional and timid person kind of like she's got fight for, for she has fight too but mm -hmm. and I, again I'm trying to piece all this together so I think there's a kind of a mix but when it comes down to it yeah she didn't really fight for us um, they had five kids together there was three of us left at home it was my brother Phil my sister Sarah um, is no longer here anymore and then me and I was five when they got divorced so right I was your age, yeah. So I was Boston's age, yeah, when I, they got divorced. And so it was hard because, you know, I'd visit my mom sometimes in the summers and I'd come home and I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, why I had to leave my mom. And like, as a little girl, you wanted your mom. You right. know, and so it was like a really like, I mean, I probably. And putting it in perspective with that little one sitting right there, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. like realize, like, he I was didn't... my age. And, until now like yeah I remember being the most badass five-year-old I can remember so yeah. I'm like yeah so yeah of course yeah. we're tough but yeah now I look yeah that's so totally different I can't imagine leaving them I can't like and the endless questions I would fight till the death yeah. you know and so yeah so you know I didn't have that so I think that's why you know I, I was and I was a tomboy growing up but then I did cheer in high school mm -hmm. and so like that's what I think changed me to being more feminine being around a bunch of girls yeah, and maybe. realizing you got to fit in a little bit. Got to wear the makeup, got to do the hair, you know, like do the girly things. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that growing up. I was like always around like guys and like, I mean, I had girlfriends too, but you know, building forks, getting dirty right. on the ranch. Like that's what I grew up doing. And so like that helped me transition to where like, oh, I like to dress up girly, but I also like to do the tomboy Wait. things. You had the bowl cut, didn't you? I did. Okay, I was like, all of these stories are coming back yeah, to me. Yeah, I had the I'm bowl like, cut. Oh, oh, your dad jacked up your hair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I had a cowboy hat. This is my fourth grade picture. Like, I had, it was horrible. Yeah, it was a bowl cut with a cowboy hat on and a western shirt. Like, it was it was so bad. And, um, yeah, so I think that really molded me, being raised by my dad. Like, it really affected me. And I, I'm thankful for it now. I see, you know, I look back at it and like, it was, it was hard because he's a very strict dad. He's very, very religious. Yes. And so like, I wasn't around. Mama. What, honey? What? Are we there? No, not yet. You know, you know, we're not there yet. Silly. Um, and so it was hard because I, it forced me to hide things from my dad because he was so strict. Like I couldn't even go to the movie theaters. Um, if you knew guys were going to be there and I was 16 years old and the church would be like, you could double date when you're 16, you know, and my, not my dad, my dad didn't allow it. And so there's a lot of things where I'm like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that when I'm a parent. But for the most part, like, I think I get the drive from my dad because he took care of all of us. Like he was a single parent and he did it and we didn't have to want for anything. 
and he was just, you know, a car salesman. He was a musician on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly his source of income was, you know, selling cars and him hustling all the time and taking care of us. And I really can't remember a time where I wanted something and he didn't get it for me. Um, and so then I, I ended up, when I was 19, I moved to Vegas because I just had this urge you and know. you left the garage open or partially or oh, something. Oh, you, you did. Like, I really <laughs> did. My listen. brother, my sneaking brother. Oh my gosh, we did not like each. That's my oldest brother, Jimmy. We didn't like each other for the longest time, uh, but we're cool now. We're cool, and and our family is actually interesting. It's a very like we're very dysfunctional, but we love. Hard. But you function together. We function sometimes. We love marginally. Hard. Yeah, we, we love hard and we fight hard, and that's yeah. kind of how it is. Like we get it out, and then we love each other like. It's nothing happened. It's like, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I moved to Vegas because I was like, this small town girl is done. You know, I needed to, I needed a big change and I just, I had the urge to do it. So I did that and I lived there for six years. Um, and hustled, you know, I had two jobs and went to college. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, you know, a lot of my ind- independence came to is just always being on just my own. practiced it. Practiced it. Yeah. yeah. Lived it, practiced it. And I always had this vision, even even when I was really young, I was, gosh, I remember I was five or six and I remember talking about what I wanted to be and it was, it was acting. I always wanted to be an actress. And and I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not too far from it. Like, I feel like it's it's there, it's, it's in the... It's around the corner. It's around the corner yeah. and, and it's not necessarily that I really want to act now, like that I'm older. It's more like I want to influence people for the, the better. And right. I want to, you know, be able to have that power to have that. You there know, is something about you that, like, I mean, I know you're telling me your story. I know I've been with you all morning. I've been with you all morning. You really have. Since, like, 5 a.m. Which is awesome. Yeah. But the thing about it is there's a, there's a power in you that says, hey, if, I'm gonna, if I want it, I'm going to make yeah. it happen. That whole idea of manifesting. You hear a lot of people talk about that. Do you ever, do you ever listen to what people say about this is the year to manifest or whatever? Um, you know, I don't get too... You don't get caught up in all that? I don't that? get too caught up. Uh, the things that... I try to surround myself with people that, like, lift me up mm-hmm. and that are going in the same direction I'm going. Like-minded, like, huh? Like-minded people. Yeah. Thanks, honey. Just hold your call for a bowl. I will do it. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, <laughs> I got two hands and I'm not driving. What? <laughs> yeah, so I try to, you know, and I think that's very important, like... Be around like-minded people. Be around people that you, you want that they're going in the same direction you're going because it really is like you envision, envision it. You see it every morning. You yeah. believe in yourself. You believe in it. You're gonna eventually become it, and that's what I've been doing. Like I, I'm a lot of. I mean, right now, like skipping. You know, fast forward the Vegas years. I moved to to Utah because my sister got sick. She got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And she was the one I was closest to. We were only five years apart. And her name was Sarah. And I came here and was with her. Luckily, they gave her like three, I think two months to live when she got diagnosed. But she ended up surviving for like a year and a half because she had that fight in her. Mm-hmm. And she was a marathon runner, like triathlons. Like fitness was so important. And she, she's honestly, she influenced me to get into like being fit, staying healthy, you know. Right working out like she's she's the big mentor in my life is my sister Sarah and it's almost like I can't quit because like she's she's rooting for me you right. know she's rooting right. for me on the other side 
and I don't want to disappoint her. And also, like, another thing that gets me going is my kids. Like, I don't have a choice. Right. I, I don't have a choice you to... You stop, everything stops. ...to slow down. I don't have a choice to um, decide that, hey, I don't want to wake up one, one morning and don't want to go to work. I do it because of them, because they rely on me. I'm all they have. You know, I mean, they have their dad. Their dad's in their life, too, but... You know, I have them pretty much 75% of the time. You know, it's not even so much that they're always with you, but it is the way that you perceive your role as their mother, as their mother specifically, that you just refuse to let them down. No, and I want them to know what hard worker is. Like, being a hard worker, like, that's so important. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing that out there. But the people that I've met that are a younger generation these days, I'm like, why don't you work harder? Like, because their parents struggled, and so then their parents gave they them, everything, give them everything, and then they don't have to learn how to do that. Exactly, and I'm like, you don't understand what you're doing, like a disservice you're doing to your children by not and letting them fall and fail. And it's yeah. one thing is, yeah, of course I'm going to help my kids, like, and I, I want to make their life easier than what I had growing up. But right. again, I also have to teach you how to stand on your feet. Exactly. Yes. And your I, feet. Yeah. No one else's. Just the ones on the bottom of your legs. Exactly. I don't want. I don't want you ever to feel like you're entitled to something because you're not. You're not. Thank you. You don't. You <laughs> earn it. Like this there is the world. There is no such thing as deserve. No. Deserve is only for negatives. Exactly. You can deserve a negative. You yeah. cannot deserve a positive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the best thing you can do, and for like other people, and especially for your kids, is be an example. Like that is so powerful and my kids see me waking up sometimes they're up when I'm up sometimes well I'm not gonna say sometimes almost every night especially like the last two three weeks Tucker's in my bed he comes in at 3 a.m. he lays with me and he falls asleep in my bed and and I go to work and so they see me getting up getting up Boston you know sometimes he hears the garage door open at at 4 30 a.m. and he sees his mom leaving for work he he knows that hey mom's got to work and I try to explain it to him to not to scare them but to say hey I have to work so you can eat I have to work so you can sleep here I have to work so we can go on vacation and like I want him to know that it just doesn't come yeah it doesn't just come out of the air you're better than me because I guilt my kids I'm like I'm the only person working well I'm, <laughs> so not, I'm not saying I don't do that too I'm just giving you the nicer version right, 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 right. I mean come on there's we're times where I'm like right? do you want to eat tonight come on like you don't touch that. No. Oh, mother. Trust me. Oh. Trust me. This is just like be calm right now. So that's why you're getting more of the calm answer. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, my dad was that example to me and I'm going to be that example to them. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of other things that go along with that. I want them to be a good person and to know how to hustle, to know how to be street smart, to have the drive. Because I think if you have drive, you can make anything happen. That's true. Like drive is so important, and and I know that that was installed in me, and I want that installed in them. And so, yeah. So I got going back, <laughs> but I got I'm always, I'm like always all over the place. That's something I'm like working on. I'm like I gotta like keep my story straight. <laughs> Work on in 2021, right? I know. <laughs> right now I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. So going back, I moved here, and then I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody in Utah, and. Obviously, you know, I was around my sister a lot, and I feel like I, I needed another life. Like, I needed to hang out with people. And my ex-husband, I knew prior, when I lived in Vegas, I met him once. Um, I met him through some friends, and 
all those people lived up in Utah. So I hung out with them and him. And that's when you start to, when you hang out around someone like all the time, like you tend to like have feelings for them. And especially I was going through such a, a hard, dramatic time in my life where I needed that support. And he was that one. He was that support for me. <laughs> I feel like you've looked back though on your life and the person you married and the reason why you got married and you have thought long and hard yes. about why yes. did I make that decision? Yes. So why have you given it so much thought though? Um, I mean, I've done the same thing, but why, well, why you specifically have, why have you looked back and said, let me think about how I got myself into this specific situation. I mean, I know, like I, like you said, I've thought about it long and hard and you know, my, I needed that support system and he was that for me. And honestly, like I would have, we got, we got married and we fought on our honeymoon. Like we just were not right for each other, but I didn't have anybody in Utah. And like I said, he was there for me. And so I was like, okay, let's just do this. And I'm not a quitter at all. Right. Not a quitter. So and I'm it's like, like, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to make it work. It you know, I yes. it wasn't all about him. Cause I was in diagnostic medical sonography school. Um, like shortly after we got married, I got accepted into the program. Mm-hmm. And so I had that to focus on. One second, honey. Okay. I had that to focus on. I was also working as well. Um, this is before I had my kids, obviously. I was working at an oral surgeon place as a medical assistant. Um, and this is when I was moving into the medical field. So I, I had things that occupied my time and it wasn't all about him. And so I think that helped our marriage stay longer than it should have been. Yeah. And then, you know, of course I wanted kids and... You know, so we got pregnant and then I'm like, okay, well now I'm really in it. And, you know, and I told you like once things started getting really bad between the two of us, that's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. But we were married for seven years and, you know, and it's funny when people meet me and really get to know me and then they're like, how could your ex ever, how could he ever want to like give you up and all this stuff? And it's like, well, I mean, I wasn't a peach in the marriage either. Let's right. be real. I'm a, I have a very strong personality. I could see you being competition. Yes. To somebody else's ego. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, you know, I challenged him. And. I don't know. They don't like that. No. And, and that's. <laughs> I don't care. You know, and, but they seem to care. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not. I could fight back too. And it just. It got so bad. But, you know, that's. People ask like, how could he let you go? It's like, well. <laughs> You know, it wasn't we, that hard. Actually. It wasn't that hard, and we weren't. We just, and I, and I don't ever want to say that I wish I would have never married him because, again, I believe everything happens for a reason, and I'm not going to just go off of that easy answer. Like, well, I got my kids out of him, which is obviously a great answer, but you know, I grew so much through the pain, the happy times, the tears. Like, yeah. I mean, I grew that I hopefully can help other people or help other women or whoever my kids through those difficult situations. Like I really believe I, I, I know it sounds really weird, but I love people that go through life challenges. It's like, yes, they're my people. Like or who lo- don't do their best to try to avoid yeah. them. The mm-hmm. people that struggle, those are my favorite. Like I love them and I connect to them because I myself did that. Fan. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me more about you. So how did you rebuild your life? Because it took some rebuilding. Oh. After you let go of all the independence. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it. Most of it. Yeah. I mean, I I fought for it in the marriage, but, you know, I wasn't compatible with the situation. No, no, not at all. With, you know, two little kids at home and not being able to, like, physically get a job because he wasn't budging on his working hours, you know. So it's not like we could, 
you know, work together. Like we never were together. It was always separate. Like when we got married, like we didn't like even combine some of our finances because we were just always separate. Like we never became one. And that was, that was another big thing is like, why do you treat me like a sister sometimes or, or someone that I would never felt like I was his spouse. I never felt like a wife. And yeah, it was like, we'd fight like brother and sister. It was just so bad. Um, but yeah, so uh, after we got sep- we were separated. I went through a really nasty, long divorce. Gosh, two and a half years. Um, we were separ- separated for almost two and a half years before I officially got divorced. I've been, I've been officially divorced now for um, I got twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> twenty minutes now. <laughs> I'm on the bumble now. Right. Just kidding. Um, I got officially separated. Oh gosh, when was it? Uh, well, June, July. I want to say it was in July last year, 2019. Um, that's when I officially, like, the the judge signed off and everything. And, and I had a big party. <laughs> but I, I was scared. I was really, really scared because I had, I had my makeup business, which brought income, which was nice. Um, I didn't really, I didn't go for... My husband owns, you know, a few companies. I didn't go after any of his companies, um, even though he did start for most for the most part. He started all of them in our marriage, mm-hmm. so I could have made it like hell for him, but I didn't want to prolong the divorce any longer. Right. Um. So I didn't do that. I didn't get like any like lump sum. I mean, I was fifty thousand dollars in uh, lawyer fee debt. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm still paying it off. Like I'm, I'm getting close to being done, but you know, I was in debt uh, after the divorce and, um, or actually right before it was like a month and a half before I, I got divorced. Um, I got a, I hooker, John hooker reached out to me via Facebook mm-hmm. and that's who you met today. Hooker. He's the main yes. host on hooker DB and Becca on the morning show and he had reached out to me uh, and asked me hey have you ever thought about doing radio which it really if you think about it for him just doing that and like reaching out to someone that and he knows that most likely I had no experience right like I put myself out there because obviously I did the makeup tutorials I, I put them online YouTube all that um, and then I started my first podcast and it was about the O shot and I started it, and I think he heard that, and then also saw a makeup tutorial. And for someone to do that for, like, a talent like himself, like, he's been in the business, gosh, what did he say, like, 20, 30 years or something like that? Something crazy? <laughs> I, I don't know. 30 was not the number. Oh, was it not 30? <laughs> I mean, you just go ahead and age him. If you want to, you My bad. It was, like, 20 years. <laughs> it was Sorry. a long time. It was, it was a long time. And yeah. for him to reach out to me and then me get hired as a, you know, on-air personality for a morning show that's on a big show on a big show that's in other markets like the stars aligned they sure did they aligned and again like i i mean i think there's a lot of things that came into play because of that but i really it's like i always envisioned it i always knew that there's something out there for me there's some i gotta break free I kept my vision, I kept my dream, knowing that I'm going to be, you know, hopefully a, a great influencer one day. Right. And here's here's my here's my foot in the door, finally. Right. And I, I never let go of my dream, never. 
and I and I, I saw it every day and um, so yeah so right before I got divorced that happened and up until then you know I was getting a little child support here and there so I was able to like live off of that right. but it was Keep like everything cutting, it was cutting very short it was cutting everything it was just, like so tight and I was so nervous because I'm like gosh I'm really gonna have to sell a lot of makeup <laughs> which I could I totally could but I was getting so burnt out and I loved the makeup but I didn't want to do it as like the only it. thing or the, the main thing the only yeah. thing and I knew that that wasn't the end all be all for me right I'm not gonna be some like famous makeup artist like I know I'm good at what I do because if I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it the best right like, at least I strive for best and but that's not what I want I didn't want to be known as Becca the makeup artist you know she's really good at makeup tutorials and I knew that wasn't it but I was like super nervous and then that opportunity came fell literally fell in my lap which is so crazy to me still like I still it's like I'm yeah living. I'm like trying to build a pathway there and I, I don't see it I, yeah. it just happened yeah it just ha- fell in my lap and we'll rewind a little bit later and see if we can figure out yeah how did this all come about? right I yeah. don't even know and I really like I you know I believe in too like what you put out I know this is gonna sound maybe to some people silly but I believe in good energy I believe yeah. in like what you throw out to the universe is what you get back and for the most part, I'm not saying I'm a saint or anything, but I've always treated people kindly, whether they're popular or not. Um, I've always been befriended them. I've always taken people in when they've been low on their luck, even when I, you know, couldn't really do it. I right. still did it. Like yeah. I hardly ever said no to people, which is backfired and sometimes, you know, and, and that's a I'm still thinking of the first day we met when... You told me, oh, if you need to drop your kids off at my house, <laughs> do it anytime. And then finally you met my kids. And yeah, you're like, like, they're both bigger than me. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, we're good. <laughs> well, if they want to babysit me, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know, they like, could be my bodyguards. And I'm right. like, here, I'm like, if you need to drop your kids yeah. off to my house, go ahead. Because yeah. I get it. I know how it is being a single yes. mom and having kids. And so, like, I totally, totally get it. And, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um. Uh, oh, the good energy. We're talking oh, yeah, about putting the good out good energy. Out the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I strongly believe in like what you put in, what you get out, and a, a thing that you know I'm proud of now. I actually hated it for some time, but I see the good in people. I always try to find what's your good. Mm-hmm. There's always some good in everybody, and I believe that. And I I find it, and then I I really focus on that, and I try to really help them see it too was there a point where you saw the good in people and you were trusting and loving and not well not even that but just generous in the direction of the good in people and ended up getting taken advantage of of course and that's why I hated Hated it for so long I hated it I and I remember this day like I was like I had like a really low and I and I I went through obviously with the divorce Mm -hmm. and like separation and all that I went through like depression like on and off depression and I still kind of get it yeah. And like, and I'll get to that. Like, remind me to come back to like talking about like depression oh, I and what it. I, what I, <laughs> are you yeah, kidding me? I want to hear I, this. What I do to help like overcome, overcome. it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, I definitely, I've been burned many times, like over and over. And, and that was another thing. Like, you know, my, my ex at the time or my husband at the time would, he hated it that I helped other people because he's like, they take advantage of you. And don't you see this? You're stupid. Like, why would you do this again? Like, 
Right, we've been down this road. Yeah, we've been down this road. And I get it. I get his point of view. I get that, you know, and I probably do, you know, and I might say the same thing too to someone that I cared about. Be like, why, why would you do that? That person totally snuffed you or, um, oh, almost got a car wreck. Not my fault though. No, it wouldn't have been. (laughs) Um, it's like usually when you have a red light, you stop first, then turn the corner. These drivers are horrible. (laughs) Some people's children. Oh my gosh. How were you raised? No, I was kidding. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I get it. I get both sides, but I just, I couldn't, I, you're just drawn to the good in people. I, you know, and that, and the thing is like, again, like I believe treat others how you want to be treated. Like I would want someone to believe in me when I didn't believe in myself. And I've gone to that point where, and that, you know, did I've anyone had, do that for you? Yeah. I, when I got into the makeup business and I gained a, like a strong connection between, you know, a lot of girls, but a few that have still are my dearest friends that like helped me. They helped me through, you know, my depression. They helped me through to see that, Hey, Becca, you got something here. Yeah. Don't let yourself you die in this. Like right. you, you've got to fight. Like you, you don't understand like how you can influence people. You don't understand how you can be the good. And like, they lifted me back up when I was like, I'm done. I, I'm tapping out. Like I didn't, you know, I was just like, <laughs> you just get to that point where you're like, yeah, you're tired. You're tired. What else can I do? Right. Like what else? Like keep it, keep the bad karma. You know what I mean? I'm just right. like, keep the bad coming. Like what else do you want me to do? And finally, like, you know, they lifted me when I couldn't lift myself and I'll obviously never forget that but that's another thing that I keep in my mind is like I would want someone to treat me this way and give me a chance and so why can't why shouldn't I be like that to everybody to everyone right um but that actually like radiates off of you everywhere you go like I just I see you because you know sometimes we're in the same place Mm -hmm. But I'm not ever just right next to you all of the time. And I yeah. just watch. Which, you, I mean, and I don't know people, why you're not. Well, you know? because sometimes <laughs> I bring my sister with me to the gym and I got to hang out with her. Cheater. No. <laughs> uh, no. So no, I just, I watch people just, they see good in the world when they see you. I, I, and they just, I just watch them and they just do. They just feel better just when you're around. I like it. Well, thank you. That was that's very kind of you. Um, it you know that kind is not really my thing. I think you know that. Petty. No, I'm I like petty. That's I really where I like. Live. You were talking about that how like you're a hard A and all this stuff, and I could totally see. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like you were such a softie. Like I could totally tell you were just like. I mean, I don't know. Like I, obviously, I gravitate more towards like kinder people and yes. like and people that put themselves out there like I and obviously you were one of them like I gravitated towards you like I could just tell that you are such a genuine person and I love being around genuine people like I mean who doesn't like I really don't care to be around it's and it's hard too like because they're not draining yeah for the most part they're just not draining (laughs) well and then like especially like people that are only in it for themselves like drives me absolutely nuts like that's something like I just I can't do it it's like so you're like, no. no, it's cool that you want to just big up yourself, but could you do that without me? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Do you need me here to make that happen? Because uh-huh. I got other things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, circle back around to depression. Oh, How yeah, do you yeah. deal with that? So, um, I get, you know, and the interesting thing growing up throughout my entire life, I never really experienced anxiety mm-hmm. until I got a divorce and went through the whole divorce process. Now I experience it. Like, it just hits me all of a sudden. Like, I can't even, like 
explain what triggers it, but all of a sudden, like, I'll just get, like, I don't get panic attacks or anything like that. I just get, like, I hit a low. Right. So it's like a mix of anxiety and depression, and I just, and I can't get out of it until, like, maybe, like, going to bed, and then the next day, it's, like, a new day. Like, that's kind of how it's been. And the number one thing, and I, and I made a post about this, is, is working out. Like, working out does it for me. Like, if I work out, I'm not depressed. Like, that's how I fight it. I don't, I don't like taking pills at all. And so, I, I got diagnosed as depressed. Like, I mean, far, it's funny because I, I mean, not funny, but I went in and like, I was like, I got to do something because I got to the point where I didn't want to get out of bed and I wanted to play with my kids, but I had no energy. Like, I just was like, I'd get done working and I was just like, I would lay there and just stare. It's like not even I'd sleep. I'd just stay in bed and it's like I didn't want to get out of bed and things like that. And um, I, I started working out at home before, you know, I got into F45, like, because I could be around my kids a lot. Right. You know, and I didn't have to find a sitter. It's really hard to go away from your kids when you it's really hard. want to be where they it's are. It's hard. Yeah. But being in, like, you know, the radio job, I have to be up so early and so when I get home, I'm like, I don't want to work out around my kids yeah. <laughs> because for one, I don't, I'm not motivated enough. Right. Cause I was a morning person. Like I loved working out in the morning. That was my time to work out. And if I didn't do it like in the morning, I wasn't going to do it. And so it was so hard to transition to working out in the afternoons, but I'm getting finally into the flow of things. But going back to the, when I first got diagnosed with depression, it was actually the beginning of this or be, no, beginning of last year. So 2019, I went into the doctor's office and I was like, I don't know what to do. I need something. So they, they had me take this test. It's like a written test. And, you know, you check all these boxes off like, oh, you know, are you suicidal? <laughs> Things right. like that. Those are the only ones that I was like, no, I'm not there yet. But <laughs> give me a few months and I might recheck that. No, I wasn't. I, I'm skipping down that road. Yeah. But I haven't hit the destination. I, so. know, I'm just going to put this on the back burner. Uh, but I obviously there's no way I'd leave my kids. So that was never a question in my mind. Right. Like, I'm not saying like, I've never like just had, I'll be thoughts. honest with you. I have had that thought where I'm like, my kids are going to be screwed if I ever leave this world. Honestly, if I didn't have my kids, I don't know what I've done, but yeah, because of my kids, they've saved me. Yeah. They've saved me. Just I'm based like, on I obligation. Can't. I had you. I'm obligated exactly. to take care and of you. And I was like, I can't leave you. Are you kidding me? Let your dad raise you? No way. I uh, can't do that. Like, no, it's not going to happen. And so I mean, like, it was a nice thought. Yeah. So they completely saved me. But so I, so here I'm in this doctor's office and I'm looking at the sheet, you know, mm-hmm. and asking me all these questions and these boxes I need to check. And, and she gave it to the, the nurse practitioner and she went and gave it to the doctor. And then the doctor comes in and he's reading over this and he's like, do you think you're depressed? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe a little, I'm like, I know I get anxiety sometimes. And I, I'm like, I'm assuming it's anxiety. And, and he, and he's looking at the paper. He's like, well, you've like scored <laughs> a 98. Out like, of yeah, basically. So he's you've like, got an you're a. very high on the spectrum. <laughs> I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to, you know, prescribe these pills for you and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And I told him, I said, I don't want to take pills. I don't want to because you know, a lot of people that, and I'm not saying it's, this is for everybody or this happens to everybody, but everybody that takes pills that I've known is like, it, it almost like puts a roadblock on them. Like it's like, it helps them enough to where they can get through their, their daily lives, but almost turns into like more zombies is an extreme term, but like kind of zombie like, and I'm like, I cannot be that way. No, I I need, I need to be like, spunky I and need my creativity and my personality exactly. to like, still be intact. I don't, I don't yeah. want that gate. 
And so I, I mean, I still took them, I filled them, but I never, I never like physically took them. Like I mm-hmm. still have the bottle in my room and, and the interesting thing, I keep it as a reminder. Like yeah. I don't want to take these. So and I've so got to work some other I, way around this. And, and working out, like working out is the key. Like that's, I posted on Sunday, you know, I did, um, and I never worked, I never worked out on Sunday ever in my entire life because of my religion. You know, right. L, mm-hmm. I'm LDS. Um, I'm not very active anymore, obviously, but <laughs> so I tried it. I'm like, cause I'd get the Sunday blues so bad. And like, I got to a point where I could maintain where I wouldn't get depressed during the week because I was like that every other week, every other day I could work out. Right. But Sunday will carry you a couple days out. It will. It does. Yeah. It helps, you know, that being able to release those endorphins, like is so huge in my body and my brain that it helps surpass that depression and that anxiety. Yeah. And so when I worked out on Sunday, cause I was getting such bad anxiety and a little bit of depression every Sunday night. Cause I had to start the whole new work week mm. and like, and I feel like my job, I know it's a fun job, but I feel like it can be very stressful because you're always like, gosh, am I going to have enough material to talk about? And you know what? That's, that's a real thing is, is feeling like right at night, right when you just need rest is okay. Do I have enough for tomorrow? Yeah. Am I ready for tomorrow? And the whole what week, am I going to do? You know, to make, yeah, I have to come up and then, you know, and they want me to talk about my life and stuff. I'm like, am I, am I interesting enough? Did I do enough fun things to talk about? Am I got mm-hmm. like, I'd worry about that. And like an anxiety would kick in like around That's a like, great, one I had two. fun and now did I have enough? Fun? Yeah. Did I, oh. is it, is it, in, you know, was it funny enough to talk about on the show? Like there were so many things that just gave me anxiety. And then, you know, obviously like my dating life's not the best sometimes, you know, and so that's another factor in introducing new guys to my kids, which is, you know, that's a, that's whole, a nother, whole nother stressor. Whole nother stressor. Like, so there's a lot of stressors and like always realizing, you know, I mean, what if I lost my job now? Like, what would I do? Like, I know those things that you shouldn't dwell on because it hasn't happened. So don't dwell on it. Yes. But, but it's hard it happens. To, it pops say, in my head. It pops in my yeah. head. Mm-hmm. And so on Sunday when I worked out and I posted a thing on my story on Instagram and I said, this will help relieve the Sunday blues. And like, and I, and I tried it. I got home and I was like, just, I was almost anticipating like for me to start getting anxiety and I didn't have anxiety the whole, the whole day. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, well now I know I'm going to be working out pretty much every every Sunday Sunday. if I'm here. So yeah. 10 o'clock. I need it. That's the time class starts. Yeah. That's only one class, right? (laughs) (laughs) Unless you want to go to the other one. No, I'm good. This is a five minute drive for me. I'm good. Right. You know? Right. So. Also, I I mean, I want to stay here in the car if you're okay with that for a minute. I'm fine. Did you want to turn off your car so that you don't fill up your garage with carbon dioxide? I'm really not trying to commit suicide today. (laughs) Well, so if we both die, I mean, they'll have this record that it wasn't on purpose. I know. They're going to listen to the tape. They're like, wait a minute. She said she wasn't suicidal. Wait, just five minutes earlier. I didn't even realize. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I looked at it. There's a lot of space. It'll take a minute before it's all, <laughs> it's all filled. But I bet you don't want that. No, I don't. No, not at all. Oh gosh. Well, at least I, you know, at least you go down with me. Right. At least I have a friend to go, right? Right. The afterlife. Yes. They'd yes. probably kick me out of hell. They wouldn't even let me in there. Listen. I, I would be in limbo, my luck. I'd be like, oh, see, hell. now that sounds like hell right there. Yeah, exactly. Just, that would oh, be my hell for no. sure. Like, could it either be good or bad? I just, I, I want you to just make a choice. <laughs> I don't want this in between business. It's not for me. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So one thing mm-hmm. we like kind of glanced over how, I want you to tell me more about how you rebuilt your life. Cause, oh yeah, yeah. You okay. know what? I figure this is just going to be a podcast episode for whatever I can 
fine. Yeah, and I'm sorry. It's like I feel like I jumped all over the place because that's no, where, it all makes sense. That's to where me. my mind goes. It's fine. Um, also, I enjoy hearing you talk, but I want to know what did you what like like how did you get your mind in this space? Talk more about that, and then also what did you do to start rebuilding? Re, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you feel like it was a reinvention or is just a rediscovery? It, it was a, re- a rediscovery. Anything? I had to find myself again. I had to find my independence. Yeah, and. I mean, the first step was get rid of the husband. I mean, come on, let's be real. He was a weight to me. Like he didn't, he wouldn't allow me to be myself anymore. I literally lost myself. I felt that in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. I lost myself when I was married to him. And like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to peg him as such a bad guy because I think he does really have great qualities about Mm -hmm. him, but him and I together, Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. It just, we brought the worst out in each other and you That's, know, I, yeah. I, yeah. So do you ever think that maybe we have this false idea going into these relationships? Right? 100%. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even give you an example. No, and you I already went know. There, so you tell me I, what you are thinking. I was taught you, you get, you get a certain age, then you get married, you have kids, you live happily ever after. Oh, and it, you just buckle down and deal with it for the rest yeah, of eternity. And you're happy. Mm-hmm. That's just how it happens. I, I never was told that you have to put work into stuff. I never, I mean, a marriage anyways. I was never told that you have to work at it every day. I was never told that, Hey, there's going to be times where you hate each other, but you still love each other, which is so weird, but it happens. And like all this stuff, I wasn't told any of that. And so, um, I was, I was in a big shock when I got married and realized, Oh crap, this is uh, not how everybody explained marriage to be. Right. My big thing was everyone would say, any two people can make it work. Oh, I heard that too. Definitely. Except for that it's never really emphasized that it actually takes both people. Not just one. Not yes. just one making mm-hmm. all the efforts and mm-hmm. hoping the other person catches mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, it's definitely was one-sided in my marriage. Yeah. And, you know, obviously like there was some immaturity played a factor, you know, I feel like, um, he wasn't very mature and he was younger than me. Mm -hmm. Apparently I like young guys. Eh, Is what it, no, I heard that today. Gosh. (laughs) I heard that today in the studio. I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, but you know, you know, maybe he wasn't. you are a timeless, ageless beauty, you can do what you want. Stop. Stop. Okay. Okay. Except for that I'm dead right on this one. Whatever. Yeah. No, I just, you know, and I, again, I'm not going to pin him as like the complete bad guy because obviously I had a lot of issues too. Like, and I, I'm sure I still have tons. It's it's always two. It's people. always two people. Though. It's never just. And one. that's yeah. the point that we're going to make is two people make the decision and everything. You right. decide if you're going to work on it. You decide, you know, if you want to be the kind one. Like everything. Like you, you need to be kind. How often you want to be the kind yeah, one? How, exactly. Because I'm done being the kind one. Yeah, exactly. Right? You get to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my first step, obviously, in like rebuilding myself and finding my getting my independence back was, you know, I had to get a divorce and it sucked because, you know, no one it's frowned upon, especially living in Utah. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, no one, no one really praises you. Well, besides my close friends. Well, yeah. Cause your girls are always going to be like, yes, you know, when are we going to have the divorce party? But, um, yeah, so it's, it, it's a negative thing. Getting a divorce is a negative thing. It's, it's got the stigma of like, it's it's so a failure. negative, yeah, a failure in life. And it's not that you failed just this; you have failed everyone. Yeah, you failed yes. your kids. Yeah, you failed your family. You failed right the, the, the friends that you both were tied to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like you; like it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I knew I had to get a divorce, and so finally, I I mustered up the strength to call the shots and say, "I'm done. I'm done. 
Mm-hmm. And I was, I panicked. Like, it was hard because it's like... Tell me about that. Did oh you my have gosh. a feeling of being untethered from everything? You know, I... Up and... Before I made the official... It was... He was gone for the weekend. And I had, you know, basically was on my last wit. And I told him that, hey, if you, if you leave, we're done. And so, I mean... I, I said it, but did I really mean it at that time? I don't know because mm-hmm. I was still like panicking and, you know, obviously he didn't really believe me and he came back and I had a lawyer, but the minute I got the lawyer and committed, it was almost like a weight had lifted off my shoulders. And so I knew right then and there I was going in the right direction. Right. And I knew that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was, it sucked. You know, I don't wish divorce on anybody, but especially. I also yeah. don't wish negative marriages on exactly anybody. and yeah, yeah exactly and like Terrible and see what i just did right there like i didn't even think about the negativity that was happening between you know mm-hmm. i just thought of divorce right and you know especially had my kids gosh they were under one and under two you know and that was so scary because you stacked them on top of each exactly. other exactly <laughs> and i'm like how am i gonna work yeah how am i gonna work being you know a single mom and having to support these two and still somewhat have a life. And it was so scary. But I knew that that was the first step. Like, And I think, you know, taking that plunge and knowing, not knowing that, you know, going into the unknown, that right there, breaking that is what really started my independence, like a push for it. Because a lot of people Once won't, you break loose, you have to just... Yeah, you, you, you got to keep running. going. You yeah. got to keep going. You got to yeah. keep your momentum up. And, and I think a lot of people are scared of the unknown. Yeah. And of course. And I was, I was, you know, the whole going through the divorce, like it lasted for two and a half years. It was all unknown. I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like what job I would have. Like, right. how am I going to support myself and yeah. these kids? Yeah. I, you know, I didn't, my medical degree was shot because I let it expire. I didn't go and, and get it re-registered. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't fall back on that. Like I was, I was scared, right. but I knew that I'm going to, I'm going to, mentally die in this marriage and my health was going down like physically I was like sick because of all the stress and like you know I'm glad you said that yeah because that that's that's a real death it really is yes like I was dying inside absolutely dying inside and my friends could see it you know I had I had an intervention one time I came home to my house and I had all my friends and they're like you have to get it they're like we're not gonna tell you what to do but we're gonna highly suggest you get a divorce because you're Mm -hmm. dying and and that that was actually a big change too in my life when they talked me, you know, through all this stuff and, and supported me. And, and then I finally made that jump and, um, into the unknown. And so that, and then, um, a big thing in like gaining my independence back and like rebuilding myself as believing in myself. Um, I had to find self-love. That was actually, I was just about to ask, did you have to get to a point where you, Cause where it's okay to do yeah. kind things, mm-hmm. like take time for yourself so that you are mentally ready to come back and yeah, deal with the and, kids. And that's still obviously something I struggle with every day still. The guilt of, do I walk away and let these kids have a minute with a babysitter or yeah. do I, yeah. It's something I fight on a daily. Like I feel guilty all the time. Like, and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because 
I always feel like I'm the only one. I'm like, gosh, am I so weird that I'm like, I feel guilty when I take a bath and like leave them in front of the TV for like 10, 15 minutes. I feel guilty. I feel guilty. And here they are having the time of their life. Nobody's on my back. Exactly. What have I done? I feel guilty, you know, when I go to work out, when Mm -hmm. I have to leave them with a sitter or I feel guilty when I leave them for work, even though I'm working to keep them alive. I feel guilty. I know I feel guilty all the time. And I hate that. I hate that I feel that way, but... It's something I fight with every day and I have to remind myself every day, hey, you're doing this because if if you're not helping yourself and if you're not loving yourself, you can't love anybody else and you can't be that example and preach you know, to your kids, kids. about self-love when you yourself yeah. don't love yourself. You know, I look at it and I always think, okay, you can, you can feel bad about all these things that you have to do for yourself, but if you don't do it, you won't be able to take care of them. Exactly. Uh, when you're making this big mm-hmm. circle, mm-hmm. you let your end of it drop, your mind will shut down. Mm-hmm. Your body will shut down. Mm-hmm. That depression will kill you. Yep. And then what? Then who's going to feed them? Who's going to take Then who's going to put clothes exactly. on their back? Who's going to keep a roof over their head? Mm-hmm. Right. I had a... There was so a... I have to guilt myself into being nice to It's <laughs> so, <funny. laughs> so much guilt. Oh, there's so many times where... And, and again, like I lose it and I yell at them and I'm like, you know, like just oh, the yelling like a just, monster. Listen, it only you know? gets worse as they And then older. I'm like, gosh, I'm so sorry. I like My father, <laughs> I my father was you. a yeller and I'm just yeah. like, gosh, I don't want to do that. But, um, this yeah. Is, you know what? I'll tell you the secret to children. There's no secret. Here's the <laughs> thing. They take forever <laughs> to internalize any lesson mm-hmm. you can be like pick up your clothes pick them up pick them up pick your clothes up mm-hmm. and put them in and it'll be like three or four years before they're like oh yeah okay okay here we go mm-hmm. whereas you expect it to happen like mm-hmm. maybe a week from now you've got it yeah just know that it's coming oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then when they have real homework mm. oh gosh okay so oh. i said it i spoke my piece you're let's so, hear yours you're story. so funny you were so funny um yeah, but just going back to self-love, like, I had to learn to love myself and, and love um, I'm going to ask the... for more out of that. What do you mean? What, is, what does I, self-love say, look like to you? You know, when, you're, when you come out of a relationship that there was mental abuse, and, I, and I'll go on both sides. Like, I'll mm-hmm. take owner because I'd backfire, and I would say mean things to him as well. Right. And when you come from uh, that type of relationship, you have to rebuild yourself. Like, you... The, the negative qualities that he found in me, I had to learn to love and learn mm-hmm. to accept and be like, hey, you know, there's a reason why I do this and it's not, doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and that going off of um, like trying, like loving myself, like I had to change all those negative thoughts that I received from him. And I had to turn them into positive. Uh, I had to actually um, accept that, hey, I'm the way I am because I like. Okay, for here's an example. So it's hard to explain, but um, my family, and mm-hmm. this, and this is where this is this is uh, this is hard because, like I, I explained to you earlier, you know, we love hard, we fight hard, and right. we're we're kind of, I mean. S- you know, my brothers, they're kind of, they always like stay out of my business for the most part. But, um, my eldest sister, 
Jamie, she's really hard on me. And I don't know if it's a jealousy thing or like she really is concerned about me, which I really don't think it's that way because I feel like I'm doing pretty well (laughs) for, for, you know, under the circumstances. And, you know, she would always say, oh my gosh, you're, you're selling yourself. Like I, I remember one time I did this makeup tutorial and I had a a t-shirt on and it was a V cut and you could see some of my cleavage. It's just too much for her. And and even and this is the thing. It's like she's not even like a really religious person. You know, she wears more revealing clothing than I do. Mm-hmm. But I just happen to be doing a makeup tutorial, and I have that on, so you can you know see a little bit of cleavage. It's not like you know my boobs were out. And she'd commented on it, and I'm here. I'm trying to sell makeup, and she commented on there. It's like, oh well, letting the girls hang out, and then it like turn in. Literally, I think that video, and I'll have to show it to you. That video got like over. I want to say 5,000 views just from Facebook because of all the comments because people just attacked her. Like, they just went crazy. They're like, are you serious? Is this your own sister? And so dealing with, you know, the comments from my sister, like... So in a way, she kind of put you on a little bit. She did. Mm -hmm. And she... she, And also messed up the relationship. Both. Two things, right? So it's almost like... I'm going to... Was it worth it? To destroy what we have. So, okay. and, that, and that's the thing. And, so, and again, like, I'm such a forgiving person. Like, mm-hmm. I still am just like, whatever. Let, you know, after a week or two, I've, I've cooled down. And then, I, you know, we're fine again. But, you know, I had to not listen to her. I had to not listen to the negativity. And it was hard it's, because I the get... The voice of your family is always louder than everybody and that's else. What, and that's what I'm saying. So I here I don't have a support besides my friends. Right. And so I, you take the family out of the picture and they're, they're just not supportive. And, um, but adding to rebuilding myself, I had to take that negativity and I had to put it on the ground and stand on top of it to become taller. And I had to realize every time you throw negativity at me, I'm going to use that as like building blocks and just stand taller and taller and not only is that going to give me momentum to want to be a better person and to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I, I used those, those negativity thoughts or comments and, um, shaming. And I used that and turned it around into a positive. That's and, funny. Cause you say building box. I'm like, I'm gonna build a wall with all of those blocks <laughs> and you're going to be on one side and there's not going to be a right? door. Yeah. No. Well, you know, we use it. Okay. Know, but I yours is better. Wall, but, I mean, yours is better. I should stand but, you know, on it. No, it's true. And like, and that's what, again, like adding to self love and, and adding to growing as a person. Right. And it's really hard to do because you just want to give up. Cause you're like, gosh, if my own family thinks I am obviously sh- showing too much in my makeup tutorial or re- too revealing for them, or they think I'm too full of myself because I do all these posts, you know, I get that very often. Like, um, it was a couple weeks ago. I was called a, narci- a narcissist, a narcissist by a family member. It was by not somebody a fam- close, somebody, somebody close, close that doesn't, it's somebody that was that I'm dating on his side that that knows me kind of but doesn't know me that well and they just from observe observing the social media world mm-hmm. uh, they called me a narcissist and I was like it, yeah it hurt because I'm like they don't even know you me don't know me from a box of you don't, you know me because yeah I've met you once or twice and kind of you know and um you see my posts and you see me like yeah you see a lot of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to realize I'm, that's my, that's my career. Do you like, know what? Sometimes I block my own friends 
because they start to think that the things I put up represent this life that I have without them. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you, if you know me, you know that Mm -hmm. this is on purpose. This is very intentional because I'm doing something. This is part of my job. It's not me trying to be out there all the time. No. And you have to put yourself out there if you want to grow and if you want to become better and better at what you do, you have to put yourself out there. And like, that's what small minded people don't understand is, you know what, instead of like judging this person and calling her a narcissist because she's so full of herself, which is only a tiny, (laughs) tiny smidge of a narcissist, by the way, if a true narcissist, narcissist, there's a lot of parts to it and it's actually yeah. rare for someone to be a complete narcissist by the way or according to db an oedipus complex yeah right same right, thing right yeah, yeah yeah and so instead of judging this person and putting them in in this little box box of negativity why don't we look at the bigger picture and be like oh okay what does becca do for a living and she's got kids she has to take care of. she has a mortgage she has to pay um I think she's doing pretty damn good. You know what? You go, girl. That's every time I look and I'm like, if you've got that many followers or whatever, Mm -hmm. this is a platform that you use to support your life. Mm -hmm. I I, I met this lady once and I was introducing her to some of our clients. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the clients was talking about how she felt, you know, she's like, well, I used to have a room where I would have this like massage therapist come and, and, you know, do massages. But now my daughter moved back home. So now... And the woman was feeling bad that she had set aside a room, Mm -hmm. but this woman had worked her butt off Mm -hmm. for her whole entire life and was feeling ashamed that she had worked hard enough Mm -hmm. to create a space Mm -hmm. for just her, right? Yeah. And I could see in the other lady's eyes that she was like, yeah, it's a little excessive. And I just thought, no, 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 no. You don't shame people Mm -hmm. for giving everything they've got to build a life for themselves. Mm -hmm. If that life is better than your life, then you level up. Don't come up to my level. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't just stand down there and hate from the bottom. Yeah. Cause what a waste of life. What a waste of time. And what a way to stunt your own growth. Exactly. What do you do with people like that? I mean, in your own mind, maybe not even to their face, but how do you, how do you get past that? And I use this term loosely. Like I have some friends that are like that, that try to tear me down. Right. It's usually because of a jealousy thing. Yeah. And because it takes bravery to put yourself, just to put yourself out there. Exactly. And so when they, they do little jabs at me by their little negativity comments, or Mm -hmm. they try to belittle me or make me feel like, you know, I'm less than for all the exactly. Or I'm a certain person that I'm really not because, you know, if you really did know me as Mm -hmm. well as you say you do, you know that I'm right. not that type, and you know that's not my intentions. Yes. And when I'm when I'm facing that, when I'm facing those type of people, like all I can do is just love them and be nice. And I mean, I choose not to like really hang around them because right. I don't want negativity around me. Right. But I don't want to be snooty back. I don't want to tell them to go pound sand because. I'm stooping down to their level. And so and here I was about to say, tell them to eat dust. Right. And you know, <laughs> oh, oh, don't do that. I mean, that for, for me to get to that point, like I would really, and I'm not saying I've never done that. Like I'm guilty of doing that. But for the most part, like, I mean, I have to be really, really pissed. And like, you just have to like, yeah. and I know that we're never going to see each other again, you know? And right. so, you know, I have a few, and again, this term loosely friends that 
are pretty negative and then they, they see, you know, the type of life I have and they want that or they see that the things I do and they want to do that and I and they try to belittle me or make me feel like, you know, I'm uh I'm oh gosh, what's the word? Um arrogant or whatever. Mm. Um I just, I just be like, what can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you? And then it's almost like, how could you be mad at a person or, or hate on a person that is not only like giving you uh, help or helping you and giving you positive vibes, but also is like loving you, you know, like mm-hmm. I think, gosh, this goes back to my old church days, but it's like, love thy enemy, you know? Oh yeah. Right. Like also enemy, feel free to eat dust, but <laughs> yeah, but I love you. No, I love you from here. But really though, yeah. like those people that, and I try to honestly, like when I, you know, get confronted with those type of people, the negative, negative people, I try to put myself in their shoes. It's like, what happened to them? Why are they this way? Mm-hmm. Like, Empathy. Why, yeah. And what, do I really want to like be that other person in their lives that, you know, is a negative, negative, Makes it worse. I, I don't want to be a negative, you right. know, I never want to be, that's never my goal. I'm not saying it never happens, but for the most part, I don't want to be that. And so I, I try to, yeah, have empathy for them. And I try to, you know, be the good in their world and try to help them see like, hey, you don't have to be like this. Why don't you, why, why don't you, why don't you cheer up? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, so why don't you stop hating on everything? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, and not to say like, so I don't want to, I'm com- the petty one. I'm I not, get that. Stop it. <laughs> I don't want to come off as like mother Teresa or anything like that, but like for real though, like I still have my venting, you know, I have to vent. Like, right. You know, so I'm, I'll come home and be like, that's what we have our close friends for. Yeah. And yeah. exactly. That's what friends are for. Like yeah. they're, they're free counselors. You don't have to pay them. You right. know, it's perfect. And, and also I, I will pay you in trades. So when you're ready to complain, exactly. here I am. So, you yeah. know, I have those, those close, close friends that I vent to about other people like to get off my chest. But for the most part, as I'm, uh, reacting to, um, these negative people, like I really though, I just try to be like, listen, obviously their life's not going well. Yeah. Like their life something's off or they had a bad day or, you know, it's, well, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be known for backlashing and stooping down to their level. So I really just use it as, okay, you know, let me prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. Let me prove you wrong. You just sit back and wait. Let me prove you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's good. So I'm a big fan of, I'm going to, I'm going to step out of your life because whatever I'm doing is driving you crazy. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to be crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to go. And it's their decision. Yeah. It's their and decision. also I'm going to be fine as soon as I leave oh. you. It's their you decision. You can rock if, in your feelings if you want if to. If they're going to allow me because I honestly, like, I can tell you, I'm an asset to all my friends. And if they don't want me in their lives, like, yeah. you've, you've lost you've lost an asset. Right. Because I see myself, and again, self-love, I see myself as an asset. Like, Always I will give you. Always trying to open a door for somebody else. That's the kind of person you are. Yeah. I see it all the time where you give give people opportunities to to excel and to do something more. Yeah. Yeah. I will give you the shirt off my back. I will do anything for you, especially for my friends. Like, I mean, I am there. And like, if you're not going to like see the type of person I am and you're going to judge me and you're going to, you know, be negative towards me, then that's your loss. Like, I'm sorry. Like I know my worth and I, and I know that. I mean, you can ask any of my, I mean, yeah, I'm bragging a little bit, but you know, that's, that's what you have to do is, you know, you have to love yourself. And I know you ask any of my friends, like they will straight up. I think the number one thing they'll say is like, Becca's always been there for me. She'll give me the shirt off her back. And I, and I, they, they're the same way. Yeah. You know, that's why they're my close friends. Right. Right. 
No, actually, I, you know what? Honestly, you, I, I have seen you do this. Like I have seen you open the door for other people so that they can do something else, mm-hmm. something more, something different. Mm-hmm. But you do that like alt. You asked me who random people were online because I, I was like, oh, she's trying to do something nice for somebody. Who's this? Oh, we should have them. Yeah. Mm, no, no, but I, I mean, I see this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I love it. I, I mean, obviously I'm not perfect. I try every day and I make mistakes. We all make mistakes, yeah. you know, but I yeah. think if you're, if you're willing to always try to do your best mm-hmm. and that's not just like, you know, career wise, but do your best around other people and be your best, be right. your best self. Yeah. I mean, you can't you give go permission wrong. to other people to be yeah. their best selves. And, that, and there's, there's times where I'm asking forgiveness, you know, where I'm saying like, I'm sorry, like, please forgive me for, you know, I, I love to joke. I'm very sar- sarcastic. Yes. And sometimes, oh, did that I, hurt? I forget that people aren't sarcastic like me, and I'm like, you know, and I and I pick I'm like I don't want to say pick on them, but sometimes I'm like I make fun of like what they're wearing or something like that. And I'm like, gosh, stop! Not everyone's like you, Becca. And so then you know, and then I'm like in the doghouse. But for the most part, I, I meant well, and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't come across as yeah. you know, because yeah, and I'll you know, and I'm around the two two guys that you met today, Hooker and DB, and sometimes their, their harshness rubs off on me, and so then I relay that out to other people. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not on the show today. Take it back, take it back. Um, but yeah, so I I I think honestly, if you just do your best, there's nothing else you can do. Okay, biggest takeaway for 2019. Biggest lesson you learned? Wow, I learned a lot of lessons. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I'm going to say not to, oof. um, I'm going to say trust in yourself. I would say that was the biggest thing that I learned in 2019 is to trust in myself and to obviously love myself more. Like, cause I feel like if you have, if you have yourself back, like does that your, make own sense? Back. your own, your back. own back, yeah. if you have your own back, then you're, you're set. And to like never, so trust in yourself, uh, love yourself and don't let go of your dreams and think them and talk about them every day and vision them every day and you'll become them. Like I've, like I said, like I, that's probably my biggest takeaway of 2019 is just like, don't, you know, don't lose sight of your dreams and, and don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short and, you know, know your worth, know your worth. Like, so Biggest theory going into 2020. Mm. Like theory? the theory you're going to test out on your own life. Essentially I'm, biggest goal. Biggest goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, money's obviously always one. <laughs> always. <laughs> I mean, always. I know that's like probably not the best answer, but really though, like I, money isn't everything, but it sure helps raising everything. two kids and you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and makes vacation more fun. Like, but so obviously like doubling, you know, my income is a big goal. And for, to, in order to do that as like being a hustler, I got to hustle. I got to continue to keep up and, um, not necessarily reinvent the will, but, uh, have ideas that I actually put into play and not just like think about it, but actually like do mm-hmm. doing is a big thing. You yeah. know, um, you, you can think of things all day long, but if you don't do them, they're, they're they're just thoughts and dreams, you know? And so it's actually doing, uh, so I, I want to be more successful than I am now in my career to, in order to 
may change people's lives. And obviously my kids are my number one, uh, but I want to change people's lives for the better. And I'm still climbing that ladder and, you know, climb what three, four more steps this year. I want to keep going up. I like it. Just so. three or four more steps. That's doable. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to do 10, great. Yeah. I'm not but saying 10 will happen, but you know, I'm, I'm going to definitely do but four start steps. start with something manageable and, mm-hmm. and just keep moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. I like it. I like last year's takeaway. <laughs> Trust uh-huh. yourself. Do you know, you know, do you do the pull-ups? When we're when they're in rotation, I at try. The gym. I try to do the pull. Those do are my you? hardest. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> I don't do them. I could do it with but, a stirrup. Right, you know? yeah. right. Do you use all the rubber bands or just like one or two or what? I think two. I think it's I use two. Yeah. I, so, the first time I ever, I've never, I didn't know that that's what those big rubber bands were for. Were to assist you. Oh, I didn't you. either. Yeah. Until uh, Tiff showed me. Yeah. She was like laughing at me because I'm like, what, what, like what, what do you mean? Put my foot where? We're doing pull-ups. Because I'm like, you want me to do this? No, it's not happening. She's like, no, no, no. no. Use these. I'm like, what are what are these for? What was but it like though? Tell me what it was like um, the first time you put your foot in there. Do you remember? It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable, and I, I, I was like, I, what am I? What? What, what is I, this? What is this? Yes. You know, it was uncomfortable, and I was like, what is this? And I'm like, I was, I was nervous because I'm like, it's kind, you catch, you're off balance, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so like, it's, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Now, when you go back, because it's only been a few months. Yeah. When you go back and you see it's oh today we have pull ups oh yay pull ups oh yeah and you see the rubber I'm like okay let's do this right it's not as hard and I I know what to expect now right and so I could totally yeah I'm like down for it now like I'm not intimidated by it I was intimidated oh my gosh yeah I the first time I did was in June where I, I because I had no idea mm-hmm. either right. Mm-hmm. And I am much bigger than you are. Let's start there. And they're like, just put your foot in here. I'm like, for what? Right? <laughs> I'm like, you. I'm not riding a horse over here. You're like, what? Riding. Where's the what other stirrup? I need two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like trying to figure out how to put both oh, feet in. And, like, and, gosh. Well, the trainer said, hey, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, that hasn't worked out in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, just trust yourself. Just step into it. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I did, I mean, it was just... Just You're like, a what? minute or so in there. And I was like, oh, just a piece this, of cake, yeah, right? This all makes sense. But really trust yourself because you ever see somebody step in and their knee flies yeah, back up yeah, and they're but they didn't fully trust themselves. Exactly. And then they, then they're like, well, that didn't work for me. So I'm yeah. not going to touch it again. Right. And then right. they back off. And then when, yeah. So, yeah. you know, really just like going off of that, what you just said, it's like, um, when you fully trust yourself, great rewards come. They do. They do. They do. But you have to, I mean, really it's that step out into the darkness. It's like the unknown. Okay. It's scary. It is scary. It is, but it's a very But thin then you line. exercise and you get it. Out right. So it's you a, do it it's anyway. a thin line. It is. And we don't realize how thin it is. It's like, right. What? Gosh, there's this meme. Oh my gosh. I can't remember the exact wording, but it's the person that is scared to do something. They're not trusting themselves. Right. And to them, it looks like this big cliff that they're going to jump off and right. fall down a cliff. Right. And then you look on the Seems other like side. Seems like a chasm that's like miles a, wide. They finally decide, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to go like they had a parachute or something on. And it was just a step down. And then like, what? Like, we don't realize. <laughs> and isn't it the worst feeling when you're like, oh, man, what's the biggest? What's it? the biggest step is taking that first, first step, step, right? Yeah, yeah. The first step. Into the darkness. Into the darkness. Yeah. And then after that, you're like. I can do this. I, I do got it. this. And, I, and then you grow but as you a person. But you practice. You practice trusting yes. yourself. It's a practice. It, it comes to you. Every day. Every, Every day, day you work at it. Yes. Yeah. And then your 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 future theories of what could happen. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna call them theories. I can't call them goals because goals, people say, I don't know. I don't. I don't do well with just goals. Yeah, I, I like but theories. Theories. I have a theory like that I could make. Yeah. More money this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Let me work to prove it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like I love it. proving myself. Yeah. No, it's, you really do. I really do. I love you it. Really do. You know. And now I'm just like I welcome the negativity. I'm like, okay, tell me I can't do that. Just yeah. wait. Yes. I can't wait to show you that I can. Also, when I do, I don't know that we'll still be talking. Oh, that's yeah. me. That's me being petty. You're <laughs> so funny. Um, I think this so is funny. where we are done. Well, I mean, there's a fine line where I am getting to that point where I'm just like, you know, I don't need you in my life. Like, Because right. before, I'd still keep those negative friends because I'm right. like, I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And but I you did. outgrow people. But you outgrow people. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you should. You should. You because should. that means you're growing. Right. You know? And, and the right people will grow along with you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now since it's officially a podcast. What, I know, right? Were you planning on recording this long? No. <laughs> Gosh. No, I was working on the other project from this morning. But tell me, where can people find you? Oh, find me? Yeah. Um, well, I'll see. Besides, like, asleep on the couch when I'm, like, exhausted. <laughs> How about on day? Facebook or Instagram? Okay, Facebook, all right, all right. My dead body knows me. Um, Facebook is just Becca Hayes. You know, it's spelled different, B-E-C-K-A, and then Hayes, H-A-Y-S. Uh, Becca Hayes on Facebook. Uh, Becca underscore Hayes on Instagram. Uh, I mean, I'm like on a million different things like hooker DB and Becca. That's our mor- morning show. Um, I'm also on rock one Oh six, seven, like, you know, a website. And I, I think the main thing is just Facebook and Instagram for now. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I have YouTube the podcast. that. Oh, podcast. Yeah. So, uh, my podcast is called the good girl and girl is spelled G U R L. And that is on iHeart, um, Spotify, the Apple podcast. It's on all the podcasts. Like I'm pretty sure that you, that you have access to. So you can find the good girls hit subscribe. And then every time, you know, one posts out and and actually I have one that's going to go out today as soon as my laptop is done charging. uh, (laughs) As soon as we figure out if it was actually. (laughs) Yeah. I edited it like late last night and I'm like, Oh, and my laptop turned off. I did it say. I just felt like you were brave to walk around with your laptop without that power cord. Well, I didn't take the power cord because I'm like, oh, it's broken. So this is what happened. So I had it. So you saw it upstairs. I don't know if you yeah. saw it on my little. So it was there last night. It was on my um, my little like oh, on rock, the charger pad. On the charger pad. Uh-huh. It was on the rocker, and it was and it was sitting there. And I looked over to see if it was plugged in, and it was like a white cord. It was plugged in. So I'm like, it's not connect. Like I'm gonna have to get a new battery cord, you know. And so then I went back up there to charge it, just like mess around with it come to find out it's something else plugged into the wall so it wasn't even the cord oh, so that's yes. why i didn't take the cord so the today blow dryer was good to go yeah right <laughs> gosh so i'm like oh, i'm feeling like such an idiot because and i took it this morning thinking it charged all night mm-hmm. you know because it was i thought it was plugged into the wall i'm like well maybe it just needs to charge longer but no it was yeah so that's why i didn't hey, have a cord if it makes you feel better i don't know why i took all the memory cards and batteries out of my camera case i have shown up to two shoots oh no no memory card no battery. And we're like, we'll do this later. <laughs> Bye. So, you yeah. thought you were getting a photo shoot today. Well, friends, we're just going to reschedule. We're out of time. Oh, we're my gosh. Like, you know what? The weather's not. Well, it's sunny. No, I mean, we don't want the we sun. Want we want that. rain. Too bright. We too want bright. rain. Okay. We want the dew look, the sexy, you just came out of the water look. Okay. Right. Help me out here. Right. I'm doing this for like, you, friend. I know what you want. You do not know. Right. Also, I need to go home and find the battery. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting yeah, with me. Yeah. Thanks for uh, hanging out with me all day, pretty much. Oh, my yeah, gosh. How long are we talking? Hour? Oh, my gosh. Hour and 14 minutes. And that doesn't count the time that we started at like 510 this morning just oh, seeing each other. Oh, my gosh. That's right. No, this is good. It's been good. It's been a good day. It has really been fun. Yeah. I'm just going to stop that.